Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, and welcome to Soundings, a public affairs presentation of iHeartMedia. Soundings is an ecumenical discussion of the scriptures and the issues facing us these days. My name is Father Mark Shibish. I'm the pastor of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Community on the west side of Grand Rapids, and two of our regulars are here because our female um, minister is still on vacation. Lucky her. Uh, lucky her. So would you introduce yourselves? My name is Mike Wernick. I'm the rector of Holy Cross Episcopal Church and the pastor of Ascension Lutheran Church in Kentwood, lovingly known as Two Churches. Good morning, Father Michael Hennessy. Associate Pastor at the Cathedral of St. Andrew here in downtown Grand Rapids. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Does everybody have power now? Uh, Yes, we have power back at my rectory. It was warm. Saturday night, Father didn't sleep well. You mean last Saturday? Last Saturday. Yeah, a week ago yesterday, as we're we're listening to this. Sometimes I feel like we're in a time warp here when we record (laughs) this show. We have to be careful with what we say and how we say it. It was warm. And now it's supposed to be warm as people are listening to this show again today. So we had a cool week, and then... Yeah. I've, I've looked forward to that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to 23 more Sundays till Christmas. Oh, you've counted. Is that so? <laughs> well, we trust your count there. Yes, and so... Well, actually, as of today, it's probably 22. Uh, see, so the snow will be here soon, so enjoy the heat. I don't think you're allowed to say the S word on the oh, radio. Oh, my parishioners are still mad that I prayed for snow last year. Mm, no, that's They think not... I'm very powerful. <laughs> I pray for fall. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I like the heat, too, especially when you have air conditioning. But uh, So here we are, reading Luke, chapter 11. Would you like me to do that, Please. Mark? I'd be happy to, in Diane's stead. Okay. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is in, because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. 
and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Thank you. You're welcome. Scorpions and snakes. Hmm. Hmm. Something to think about. All right. Anybody have any insights? Well, we have a lot going on here, and there are so many there are so many things that really jump out. Uh, on one level, this is for me. This is one of the gospel passages, the messages that sounds really easy. <laughs> All right, okay, we can do it, and that it becomes quite hard when it really. And for me, it's the part of ask and you shall find. Oh, and I think we say to ourselves, oh, asking for something is so easy, right? This is so easy, we just ask. I think my impression for many people is that asking for something is really hard to do because we think we can do it on our own. Oh, yeah, no, I can figure this out. I think in our world, in our culture today, we can figure everything out on our own. And I think this is actually a challenge to be able to ask for something. It's hard to be an asker. I mean, if you're asking for volunteers in church, if you're asking for money, if you're asking for somebody to forgive you, if you're asking whatever, asking is uh, making yourself vulnerable. Very. And uh, we don't really like to be vulnerable. And Jesus may have been encouraging the disciples to ask, for they may have been asking among themselves Who are we to ask God for bread? Who are we to ask God for forgiveness? Who are we to ask God for what we want? And Jesus was saying, ask. But I think where we run the risk of maybe getting into some trouble is, what is it that we ask for? Sure. And, And do we ask for those things which will bring in God's kingdom, or do we ask for things which are more selfish and self centered? Do we ask for a parking space close to the mall entrance? Do we ask for retribution on those who have hurt us and so forth? So I think that when we talk about prayer and what prayer is for and who we are praying for, we also have to be open. We have to be vulnerable to risk that our desires may change over time as we discern more and more of God's will, not only for us individually, but for corporate life that we live in. And I think we also need to realize that these are only three aspects of prayer, to ask, to seek, to knock. Maybe that's why Luke ties in the Our Father to this, because, you know, he also gives praise to God in the Our Father. You know, holy is your name, your kingdom come. Um, and asking for forgiveness, uh, but it's still asking. But we have to make sure we're praising God and giving honor and homage to God as well as asking these things. Because I think a lot of people, even though it's not fun to ask, mm. a lot of people ask God. It just reminds me of what was that? Uh, uh, what was the Jim Carrey movie? Um, God, uh, where he was God. Um, oh, Bruce, Bruce Almighty. Almighty. I never saw it, but oh. I know the name. Yeah. Bruce Almighty, where he's at his computer and getting all these 
uh, prayer requests, and that's all they <laughs> right. are, is just requests, people asking for things. And there's so much more to prayer than just asking. But it is important, as Jesus says, don't be afraid to ask. Just make sure you're asking for the right things. Right. Yeah, and I think when we go to God, because this is just natural, I think it's built into our search for the divine to ask God for things. But to pause after we ask in prayer, what a, to reflect on our own, what are we asking for? What am I asking for? What are the desires? What is this leading me to? And I think, too, that it, this is, prayer is a really very complicated topic because people, <clears throat> people ask for things for themselves, material things. They ask for healings for people that they love or care about. Uh, and when, when we don't get what we want, sometimes we think or are told we didn't pray the right way, or we didn't pray hard enough, or we didn't pray long enough, or there was some fault of our own that God didn't answer our prayer. And then there are people who say that God doesn't always give us what we want because that's really what's best for us. So we really have to um, consider in context what it is we're praying for, and do we individually and corporately pray to be changed, pray to be open to God's will, pray to be open to the Holy Spirit so that we can more seamlessly reflect God's will? Um, and as the prayer says, your kingdom come, not my kingdom come. And I like the Holy Spirit part. I mean, that's how this this passage ends today for us, you know. How much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Right. You know, he's going to give even more of the Spirit of God. But how often do we ask for just that Spirit? For me, I ask all the time. Whenever I'm in a tough meeting or if I'm in a tough situation where there's some tension going on or when I can't get my homily to click, I always pray to the Holy Spirit and say, give me some help. Please give me some patience. Give me some insight. Give me the right direction. And, and then I pray that I have to be open to that Holy Spirit. It might not have been what I wanted, mm -hmm. but um, I, I, I know that the Holy Spirit works because it's just from so much experience of it. So for me, it's always asking not for a thing, not for a parking place, not for success, but asking for the Holy Spirit's guidance. And sometimes we have to ask the Holy Spirit to show us the door or the window through which we really do need to go. There's an interesting uh, framework to this uh, gospel reading, I think, that is worth shining a light on. Um, in the, the Roman context of this time, um, shame, honor shame, was a real dominating cultural uh, framework. Uh, if uh, you wanted something and you asked once and didn't get it, you would be shamed if you asked again. And here Jesus is saying, be persistent, mm. ask and ask and ask. And the person who comes to his friend at night asking for bread knocks and knocks and knocks and knocks and waits and waits. And he's persistent. He doesn't give up. And I think that uh, the lesson for us is that we need to not give up as well but we need to know what the right thing is to ask for. And, uh, yeah, also, too, the fact that this is framed very much in a parent-child relationship. Right. And I, I'm always moved by 
I, I think children just have such a great sense of the spiritual, and that when children ask something of their parents, and I don't have children, they have a complete reliance. I mean, you know, for, for children, I mean, the answer that they get is, is what they get. I mean, and they completely rely on, on the parent for something. Uh, and that's, and, and children are persistent, and they don't really, they don't really, my sense is that they don't really care about how others view them. I mean, if they see something, they want something, or if they're scared, if they're scared, you know, we had storms pass through here recently, you know, you can picture the many young children running up to their parents, please help me, or what's going on, which is a beautiful sense of true dependence that I think we could learn from too. There's a, a great story that um, I would like to tell about my daughter when she was about 15 or almost 16 years old. She had uh, seen that an actress uh, was taken to Paris by her father when she was about the same age, and she later asked her dad, why did you take me to Paris? And he said, because I wanted you to see Paris for the first time with a man who will always love you. And I told oh. my daughter, I know, and I told my daughter that story, and a few months later, she said to me, Dad, I saw this really beautiful pair of diamond earrings in the jewelry store window, and I'd really like my first pair of diamonds to come from the man who will always love me. And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, You didn't take her to Paris either? I did not take oh. her to Paris. Wow. But, but it, it reflects the, the way that children in innocence and maybe in some manipulation try to ask and get what they want as well well how many kids come up to communion on sunday that are maybe four or five and they haven't made the first total communion yet and they come up and their mom or dad are right there and they just kind of stand there like you're going to give me communion father yes. and you know they want to test a little bit but it gives the parents a chance to talk to them with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm about, you know, that this is something special to wait for and... Uh, you know, it's an important thing, but they're always testing that a little bit. They're always, and I mean, some it's week after week. Pretty soon, I start to think, oh, they must have made their first communion if they're coming up. But then the parents are always there to pull them away. But so kids are good. Kids are kids are the best teachers. Ah, they kids are. kids are awesome, and we need to listen to kids more. That's why I love having a school at the parish because, you know. I said my favorite thing is on the first day of school, which will just be in about less than a month, I go into my second graders and I teach them on the first day of school that, you know, whenever I walk into the room, they have to stand up and I'll say good morning, second graders, and they'll say good morning, Father Mark, you look handsome today. Hmm. And um, during the whole year, there's some times when life is tough and... I go in to the second grade room and I want them to say that and everything kind of gets better. Mm. Um, and I just listen to those kids and their innocence and their, 
their sincerity, even though that's a memorized thing and they do it, uh, really helps to go on. So uh, we need to we need to listen to children. I mean, that's, Jesus mentions that at the end again. Who would give a scorpion when they ask for an egg or a snake when they give for a fish? Nobody. I mean... Sure. You know, and, and I'm sure, too, and uh, Mike, with your children, they can ask things without being able to say them. You know, when they are tiny and before words, they can ask for things. And just the connection a parent has with a child, the parent knows what they ask. Right. Or when they, they, they can formulate words, or even they come to you, you know, a child comes to a parent and can't even put to words what, they, what they're feeling, what they're asking. A parent has that, my sense is that a parent has that ability to just intuit. And, and that's the, I think that's the same way God looks at us. He knows where we're coming from, even when we can't completely verbalize it or don't know what to say. And even when we may be misguided or unaware of what's really best for us, God knows. And that's, that's, I think, the challenge and the wonder and the glory of our formation and our spiritual growth in that we increasingly, hopefully increasingly, uh, learn how to ask for that which is more and more in line with God's will, not only for us individually, for our families, for our communities, but for creation. This thing of them asking, the disciples asking Jesus to teach them to pray is a big step because I think uh, so many people want to know how to pray properly. I really think people that go to church and even people that don't go to church are striving for that relationship with God, striving for that relationship with Jesus, and they don't really know how to pray Um you know, I look at myself when I went into the seminary, um, it was a good two, two and a half years before I was really confronted with how to pray. Um, it was my spiritual director, a mm-hmm. nun, who said, how do you pray? Now, this is the first time this was asked of me in two and a half years of spiritual direction. And I said, oh, Sister Dorothy, my life is my prayer you know, in service to others, in service to God. And this good old Dominican sister from New York uh, just looked at me and she said, that's a bunch of an expletive. Hmm. And she said, you have to talk and you have to listen to hmm. God. He says, if you're, if you're never talking to God, that relationship is never going to be what it's intended to be. Just like a relationship with a wife or a child or a boss if you just try to do your best but you never talk to anybody or listen to anybody, it's not a good relationship. And that really struck me because sometimes it's hard to find the time to pray. You know, and you say, geez, I did all these good things today. I, you know, did all these sacraments. I did all this stuff. But I still have to sometimes force myself, especially at night when I'm tired, to say, I got to pray before I go to bed and I got to talk to God and tell him, thank you for the good day. And, you know, sorry if I goofed up. And then in the morning, it's the same thing, starting that same way. Um, Ever since that talk with sister, sister Dorothy, you know, I said, it can't just be my life. It's got to be talking and listening to God. And and I think that's so critical, Mark, because we, 
we need to learn the best things for which to ask, and we also need to learn how to listen. And I think maybe centering prayer when we are still and know that God is God is one good way of doing it. Praying with the rosary, praying with icons, there are lots of different ways that we can be still and open ourselves up to what God is saying to us. Um, it, it occurred to me some time ago that uh, many people think that God is a vending machine and prayer are quarters. Mm -hmm. And if we just pray the right way, if we just pray long enough or use the right words or sit with our hands folded and our eyes closed, whatever the mechanism is, that if we pray the right way, we'll get what we want, what we ask for. And and I think it's much more than that, much deeper than that, much more broad than that. It's about listening to what God has to say to us, too. And the Lord says, I mean, ask and you will receive. But he doesn't say ask and you will receive right away. Ask and you will receive <clears throat> in two days in the mail and a box from Amazon. Yeah. Uh, and this is hard for us today because we are used today, especially, and this is not our fault. This is not our fault we live right now in the world we live in. And it's a great world in so many ways, but we have access to everything right away. It's amazing because we, if we have a question about any, like a trivia thing, or who is this president or this pope or whatever, you can look it up and take out your phone, eight seconds maybe. Before, I mean, it took work to get what we wanted. You know, you'd have to go to the encyclopedia. Remember the encyclopedias? Just right. filling up bookshelves across our country. Go to the library, ask someone. Maybe you'd have to call up your uncle or your... Um, or, God forbid, write a letter and wait for someone exactly, to respond. Exactly, exactly. And so this is a, more of a, this is a challenge for us today because we're used to getting things. Two days in the mail, I remember... And again, <laughs> I remember growing up, you would order something, and they would say, four to six weeks. Mm -hmm, right. And you would just, okay, yeah, four to six weeks. And it would come. And and now, if it's four to six days, I am on edge. Right. Where is my such and such? And this is hard for us because God does not work in this way. And it's a, this is a good thing that God does not work in this way. Well, some of the traditions in their Catholic Church, I think, help us... These small T traditions, not the essentials, but the practices in the church, sometimes teach us that. I mean, every Tuesday night we have novena at um, St. Anthony, you know, and it's supposed to be nine times of prayer, you know, or nine. So people will come there nine Tuesday nights in a row uh, to pray for something. And I think that's that teaches that patience a little bit, that teaches us that it, it's not an automatic thing right away. A lot of people don't come to Novena because they don't like that concept <laughs> of nine weeks. Praying the rosary, you know, I don't think a lot of people like to pray the rosary because it takes too long um, and there's too much going on, you know, and, you know, so some of those traditions, I, I hate to throw traditions out, Um I, I enjoy having those traditions, but I want to always encourage people to say, what is this tradition trying to teach us? You know, what is this tradition trying to say to us? And I think some of these older ones is that we need to, we need to take that time. I agree with you. I mean, we're getting spoiled that we want everything right away, and it's going to affect people's relationship with God. I mean, you know, 
to yeah to order something from Amazon and get it the next day, if not the same day, you know. And one of the things that I like to get on a soapbox about is the way people drive in a hurry, fast, passing, 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 even passing you when the exit ramp that they're getting off of is 200 feet ahead of you, but they will pass because they're in a hurry. There's something, though, that I'm also wondering about in the gospel reading in this version of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, We remember in the story about Jesus healing the blind man, the disciples asked who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind. And so sin was a really dominant issue at that time, wondering, people wondered, who sinned, who sinned, how do we keep from sinning? And so we understand daily bread as being that which nourishes us spiritually, but maybe they're also talking about actual daily bread to eat. So maybe there's more than one layer of meaning here. And if they think that their hunger comes from sin, then maybe they also need to ask to be forgiven so that they can eat. And one of the things of the Lord's Prayer here that gets me yes, is when they say, or Jesus says to them, when you pray, say. Mm. I've had to, I've reflected on that a lot in my prayer life. You mean instead of think? Instead say of, out loud? Instead of just pray. <laughs> when you pray, pray, our Father in heaven. Um, but to say things. I mean, a lot of times going to confession, you run across a priest that will say, well, for your penance, do this, do that, and say two Hail Marys. I remember hearing that all the time as I was a kid. Say to Hail Marys or say to our fathers. Instead of saying, I mean, sometimes those are good penances to ask people to pray. And I have to say to people, pray in our Father and reflect on what you're praying. Don't say in our Father. Pray in our Father. So you mean don't do it in a rote way with little meaning or depth? Yeah, because some people will just say it and say, well, well, it's all taken care of. So take it to heart. Yeah, So, and I say that, a, uh, I do offer that a lot as a penance still. Not as, not as the old priest used to say, hmm. you know, say to, I used to have a Latvian priest when I was a little kid. He used to say, whatever you did, it was always say three Hail Marys and three Our Fathers. Mm-hmm. And I still remember that and saying, pray three Hail Marys and pray three Our Fathers. So that one word gets me all the time. Because hmm. we have to pray. We don't know we how do. to pray. How about Paulus prayer? What's different about Paulus prayer? Anything? Well, I'd say, well, like you said, though, we're very open to the moving, the moving and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We often, we kind of say that we have a, an intense devotion to the Holy Spirit that goes back to our, to our founding. But I, I'd say that's one unique part of uh, Paul's prayer, although we do meet daily for morning prayer. So we get together in the morning, every mm-hmm. morning, to, to say our morning prayers together. That's nice. I like that. I like living community for that aspect. Uh, other than that, there's not a lot of community living that I like. No, but no. Uh, And in the Episcopal and Lutheran tradition, there is morning prayer as well, although in the parishes it's a little bit more difficult to get that uh, underway sometimes, depending on the parish. We did it in seminary. It was There was an expectation that we would gather every morning for morning prayer. We sang morning prayer every mm-hmm. morning. We did Holy sometimes too. 
7.15 in the morning. That was a lot to do, but it was nice. You're with everybody. Yes. And everybody's tired. So, well, anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Oh, we'll still be in this month. No, we won't. This will be our last show of this month, right? Next month will be in August. So um, for Michael and Michael and me, thank you for listening to Soundings of Public Affairs presentation of iHeartMedia. We'll see you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.